Heather solves everything. A how-to-do show where Heather takes credit for making the world a better place by introducing you to people who actually are. I used to think that I was a good person. Then I met these folks. Wow. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Heather Solves Everything. This is Coach Healthy Heather, and I am here to take credit for making the world a better place by introducing you to people who are actually doing the hard work. This is a problem-solving show, and each week I talk with somebody new about everyday problems of life, how they are solving them, and how you can tap into your unique strengths to be a problem solver, too. Now, guys, this week's show is about next-level living. Some might say it's about diversity. Some might say it's about compassion, inclusion, equality, full participation in life for everybody. It's also about how we can help others to live fully and authentically. And when I'm talking about others, I mean adults with developmental disabilities who are at risk of being left on the sidelines when they don't have the same opportunities for independent living or employment. The CDC reports that developmental disabilities occur among all racial, ethnic, and socioeconomic groups. It affects us all. In the United States, about one in six children aged three to 17 years have a developmental disability, and that might include ADHD, autism, cerebral palsy, hearing loss, a learning disability, vision impairment, the list goes on. I'll bet you know somebody who has a developmental disability. You might not be able to see it, but it is there. Now, we do a good job in our community and in our society at large of supporting children with developmental disabilities. But when they get older, they graduate from high school and they don't have access to those same resources that are available, especially in our public school system. Many of those support systems go away and they are at increased risk and still need our help. Well, there's one organization here in Tallahassee that is working to solve this problem, and that's the Leon Advocacy and Resource Center. My guest today is the CEO, Philip Hall. Welcome. Thank you. Thank you. Good to be here. <laughs> Leon Ad Advocacy Resource Center's purpose is to end segregation and the devaluing of people with developmental disabilities by promoting support and services that help them live all of their life and be fully immersed in the community. And today we're going to talk about how that happens how we can help, and we're going to dig into how we can discover how our unique strengths can help make us part of the solution wherever we are. Philip, are you ready to solve some problems? Yes, I am. Let's get into it. Yes. The Leon Advocacy Resource Center is a bit of a mouthful. Can I call it LARC? Yes, please okay. do. We all do. That's what we call it. <laughs> Tell us the story of how LARC came to be. Back in 1960, there was a group of parents who were a little bit frustrated because the only services available for their children were in institutional settings or too far away from Tallahassee. Mm. So they got together in the basement of East Hill Baptist Church here in oh, town really? and formed what is now 
lark so that they could develop programs services opportunities for their children to stay in their community but receive the services and supports they need so they they wanted to keep their children at home with them or be able to visit them easily yes. and and be part of their lives on a daily basis and not have them living in an institution um, where where they might lose touch with them and 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 lose that family correct bond absolutely correct and not to be isolated from community but to become a part of community now i understand that lark has houses yes tell us about how you operate okay we the houses called we call them group homes okay are one of the ways that we can serve people in the community we have six of those here in tallahassee um you would drive by them and never know that they are, are a group home because okay. they are just a home in a residential neighborhood that just happened to have a few people with developmental disabilities living there receiving uh around the clock support and services but it's just a home in a community like anywhere else they okay. come and go as they please they have guests as they please it is their home we're just there to help serve them so they're roommates with helpers yes okay and then we also have programs though where people rent or lease or own their own home oh. and we have staff that rotate around and go into their home and provide the supports they need or if they need a paid roommate to stay in their own, own apartment or own place, we can provide that as well. So it sounds like your goal is to help make sure that everybody has what they need to be able to live in the way that they would like to. Absolutely. With the help and support that they need for their, their level of need. This might sound like a, like a silly question, but why is that important? Well, it's important because if you have a one-size-fits-all approach, the only way to do that is in a large, segregated facility where you have many, many people living there, such as an institution. To provide that level of care, it needs to be in small, community-based settings where we can individualize what we do for people and what, or what we don't do for them if they don't need us to. So developmental disabilities is a pretty broad range of yes. conditions. Yes. What qualifies somebody to be part of LARC? Okay. So the developmental disabilities, you mentioned this during the opening, autism, cerebral palsy, spina bifida, intellectual disabilities, Down syndrome, Prader-Willi syndrome, and others. So to qualify for our services, the onset of that disability needed to have happened before you were 18 years old. Okay then you and your family make a choice that you want to receive your supports and services in the community rather than in an institution. And then you become a, a recipient of services from the Agency for Persons with Disabilities, which is the state of Florida program. And then they refer you to us. And then we can serve you. If you and, and you can choose other providers besides us. We're not your only choice. When I think back to the 1950s and 1960s, when parents were were facing these difficult choices of, you know, we don't have the skill set to serve our child in the, in the best way that they can, but we also don't want to send them away. And, and then coming together and deciding, you know, we can we can work together to create yes. a home where where we can all live together. What? Why was it not ideal? I mean, it seems like a silly question to ask, why is it not ideal for somebody to live in an institution? But what was it about that process that was a deal breaker for those parents? I think they just got to their wits end because they, they saw their children aging, becoming older, and what was going to happen now. And actually, the first thing this group of people formed was what was then called the Candle of Hope School 
where that they could learn, um, continue their education and continue learning. That is now called Gretchen Everhart that everybody in town knows. But this group of parents started what would become Gretchen Everhart as Candle of Hope School. A little bit of Tallahassee history yes. there. I did not know that yeah. Gretchen Everhart School was um, was originally the Candle of Hope School mm-hmm. for um, for was it for children or teenagers or adults? Teenagers that were aging out of the normal school system. I can imagine that you know we've come a long way in our understanding yes. of what developmental disabilities really are, and there. There must have been challenges along the yes. way. What types of challenges did they experience on their journey? Back in those days, the challenge was a mindset challenge that actually the system had perpetuated by telling people that the safest thing they could do, the best thing they could do for their loved one was bring them to our facility, bring them to our institution so we can take care of them. Because of that, there were a lot of people in the community that just never had to be around or deal with or experience people with development disabilities. So there was this place that there was this mindset that they don't belong here. There's somewhere else for them, somewhere else for them to be. And that had to be overcome and conquered. I think that's what, you know, when you look back at, um, at old pictures or you read stories about, um, you know, I remember reading a, a story about a member of the uh, Roosevelt family who had a developmental disability that nobody knew about because they kept her a secret. Right. And, and you know, there there was that stigma of, of somebody not being able to function in society. And now we know that that's just not true. Um, that that even an intellectual disability does not mean that you are not able to live independently or have a job. Correct. And get married yes. and have children. Yes. And all of those things that we want our children to do. Yes, all of those things. So when somebody comes to Lark, um, you know what would it what would it look like at a group home? At a group home, it would. Uh Look like, uh, I, I guess, really a family home other than there's not necessarily a mom and dad there. These are adults, so they have a room or they may share a room with a roommate. Um, and then there are care staff that work on shift work that come in and, and provide the supports and services they need. Well, guys, look next door. Get to know your neighbors. You might be living <laughs> in a community where people are thriving and getting to know each other, and they're working, and they are making life happen because of organizations like LARC. We're going to take a short break, and when we come back, we're going to dig in more to how this happens. Stay with us. It's Coach Healthy Heather. Heather solves everything. Hey guys, it's Healthy Heather from Heather Solves Everything. I want to thank my sponsor, Kylene and Ryan Studios, a local husband and wife photography team who specialize in weddings and portraits of all kinds. Whatever special event you have coming up, they're your photographers for life. With a combined 32 years of professional photography experience, their unique perspectives shine through in every image you see. Find out more at KyleenAndRyan.com. That's KyleenAndRyan.com. Welcome back, everybody. You're listening to Heather Solves Everything. This is Coach Healthy Heather. And I am here with Philip Hall. He's the CEO of the Leon Advocacy and Resource Center. Their friends call them LARC. (laughs) You can call them that, too. 
Lark is an organization that helps make it possible for people, especially adults with developmental disabilities, to live their best life in every way that they can. And they do that through group homes and also through other programs that help them find employment and, um, and live authentically and sustainably. And, and Philip, I'm curious to know, how, I want to talk about the money of yes. this because that's an expensive endeavor for a nonprofit organization. Yes. How are you funded? We are primarily funded through fees for services uh, for the the services that we deliver. Um, that are this through a program called the I Budget Waiver that is administered by the Agency for Persons with Disabilities okay. and overseen by the Agency for Healthcare Administration or ACA. Um, that funding is a match of federal funds and state funds. The st- the federal pays 60 cents for every 40 cents that the state spends on services. So it's a 60% federal monies. And, and then we uh, bill for the services that we provide. Okay. So you receive state and federal funding for the services that you provide. And is that enough? Well, it could be enough. Um, if, the a level of state money that was put in to draw down the federal money was uh, adequate enough to cover the cost of care. Okay. And we're in a bit of a crisis right now because it's really not. Okay. So what does that crisis mean for you? What it means right now is that we and providers like us around the state are having an incredible difficulty hiring the staff that we need uh, to serve the folks uh, at the level of care that they need. And around the state, a hundred homes like ours have closed within the past year, primarily because we just can't get the staff. We just cannot compete, even with McDonald's or Walmart, for providing very, you know, hands-on personal care to people. So, so you need people who can work. Yes. But you don't have a lot of money to pay them. Correct. Okay, so this is, might sound like an obvious question, but when a house closes. What happens to the residents? They have to find another place to go. Many of them wind up back with families who really can't provide the care that they need, or they may have to go into an institutional setting. Is this a contributor to um, to homelessness and, and some of the, um, the issues that we see with, with people who are um, moving in and out of shelters because they don't have any place else to go. This wouldn't that would not be as much the issue with our population because the agency of person disabilities would not let that happen. Okay. But they might wind up in an institutional care though. Gotcha, gotcha. Okay, so you're looking for people, or you need people who are able to work in your group homes. Yes. What is that job like? It, it is. Uh, just, just think about running a house. So it's cooking. It, it is cleaning. It is, is taking care uh, of the place where you live. But with people that live there, that some of them, some of them can feed themselves. Some of them can't. Some of them can take care of their basic personal care. Some of them need somebody to do that for them. So it can be very hands-on personal care, depending on what the person needs. What are the qualifications for a job like that? For us, uh, we. They have to have a year of experience uh, providing some type of personal care, a child care setting or a health care setting or another setting like ours. Okay. And so that is a, I mean, that's a lot of work. Yes, it is. That's a lot of work for, so this is, these are people who are truly passionate yes. about caring for others 
and using their gifts and strengths to improve the lives of the other people around them. Absolutely. And we have many direct, several direct care staff that have been with LARC for 20 something years and, and they do it because they love it, not because of what they get paid. And as the minimum wage is about to go up, you're going to have an issue where people will be coming in that will be paying that new wage, but that's now too close to what the people make that have been here 20 years. And that's not fair to them. And so that's why we're seeking help from the legislature to let us be able on a statewide level to pay an average of $14 an hour uh, for these direct care staff. And, and that still is not really competing with Walmart and McDonald's. But I mean, to at least do that so they can get the pay they deserve. Yeah, they deserve a lot more than that. Yes. Yes, they do. It's <laughs> yeah, a big job. It is. It is. It is a very, they're taking care of our most vulnerable citizens. And, and they're doing it with love and compassionate with everything they have. Uh, and they deserve it. Yes, they do. So, you know, we have a variety of people listening to this program right now. And I'm sure that, you know, some, some people could open up their checkbook right now and, and yeah. make a donation. And that's available on your website. Yes, it is. Um, so, guys, if that's you, don't hold back. LeonARC.com. Yes, yes. <laughs> and others don't have right. as much to give, but, but they have time or they have skills how can the average person get involved and really be truly helpful for you? A couple of things. They could go to that same website, leonarc.com. And at the bottom, there is a link to an organization that we're a part of called the Florida Association of Rehabilitative Facilities. Go to their site and click on their grassroots tab. And it would give a lot of ways where they could help advocate with the legislature for these funding that we need and it would tell them how to do that they also can send us a message through our website about how they might want to get involved we've had groups from churches that have helped with uh, actually the upkeep on the physical plant the properties of the group homes uh, we've had people that just become friends with uh, the people that we serve and so uh, a lot of those ways they could get involved with as well now i know that um, another part of what you do is helping with employment yes tell us about that process well we provide services so that we can help people with disabilities find competitive employment in the community. What I mean by competitive employment is that it pays at least minimum wage so that they are uh, just a job that anybody else is available. The difference is that our people um, get real excited about jobs that um, other people may not find to be that rewarding. And, and uh, we can provide support and help to that employee throughout the course of employment, whatever level they need to help the employer know how to work with them, develop them to become productive employees. And I, I just wanted to throw out a number, if I could. Sure. 84% uh, of those people that we serve in supported employment have been with the same employer for at least 15 years. Wow. That's pretty amazing. Especially when you consider the amount of turnover that so many organizations right. have, that type of longevity is really valuable. Yes. And I would say to an, a potential employer out there, think about people with developmental disabilities. They, they will be faithful, dependable employees for you for longer than maybe some other people might would be. Yeah. And we can help with that. So do how would an organization get in touch with you if they were interested in, in exploring you know, that partnership? There's a couple of things. Uh, they can call us, 422-0355. Uh, a lady named Phyllis Lewis is our employment director, and they can talk to her, and we can help set them up. Another cool thing that we do 
is with the Leon County Schools Special Education Program, uh, a thing called community-based work experience. And what that happens is students in a special ed class will go to a work site and experience what that work site is like. And we would have staff there helping to, to train them and develop them. Some of those kids become employees when they graduate from school. And becoming a participant in that program is another way an employer could get involved. Now, that's been kind of scuttled because of COVID. We haven't been doing that program. But we're hoping in the winter semester to be able to get that program back up and running. Okay, guys. So, you know, LARC can really use your help in a few different ways. You know, they definitely need financial contributions. I mean, this type of program takes money and you know, there's only so much to go around. So if you can make a donation, visit, what is the website again? LeonARC.com. LeonARC.com and make a donation. But you can also help with the grassroots advocacy to help our legislature see the value of increasing the pay for the people who are working in group homes to provide hands-on care for people who really need yes. it. So check that out and see how you can help. Are there other ways that COVID has affected your operations? Well, of course it is upended the day-to-day -day routine. A mm -hmm. lot of our people um, attended day programming, adult day training program, a wonderful organization called Pyramid Studios. A lot of our uh, folks went there. A lot of those kind of things had to, to stop. And so you, their routines changed. Uh, everybody was wearing masks. Everybody was having to get temperatures checked. It was just upended the normal flow and the normal routine and not as much community participation. There was a period of time where parents couldn't come visit. Um, that's all over with now, but uh, that really presented a challenge. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, everything is upside down for a lot of people. Yes. And, and guys, that includes those in our community with developmental disabilities who, um, who may be struggling more than, than you think with issues like COVID that are turning everything upside down for us. Uh, we're still going to work on solving this problem when we come back from the break. Stay with us. This is Coach Healthy Heather, and you're listening to Heather Solves Everything. Thank you to my sponsor, AK Social Strategies, a locally and women-owned business that provides social media and email marketing for small businesses. Every client feels the love when their social media is curated thoughtfully and personally. With purpose and intention, social media is a business must have, but it's time consuming and ever changing. Let AK Social Strategies take the wheel. Find them on Facebook. Just search for AK Social Strategies. Welcome back, everybody. You're listening to Heather Solves Everything. We are solving problems. And today, we are solving the problem of people in our community who might be living right next door to you. They might be a member of your family or your friend group or somebody that you went to school with who have developmental disabilities and meaning that they just need a little bit of help to be able to live authentically 
full, taking full advantage of everything in our community. And my guest is Philip Hall. He's the CEO of LARC, Leon Advocacy and Resource Center. And y'all can't see him, but he is a man who has compassion in his eyes. You can tell this is a guy who truly cares about the people around him. And so I am not surprised at all that he is working for a nonprofit organization that is all about helping people live their best lives. Philip, how did you get into this business in the first place? Well, uh, aging myself a little bit, but backing up 25, 26 years ago, um, I was a certified behavior analyst and was working, uh, began working that craft with people with developmental disabilities. And what I was getting uh, was a lot of referrals for my services for people that needed to change their behavior. <laughs> and, but the behaviors that they were, they were wanting them to change was because they were just trying to get some control in their life the best way they could, the best way they knew how uh, to make choices for themselves. Um, so I became frustrated with trying to change that kind of behavior. Uh, and a new idea was coming forth about why can't people with developmental disabilities have their own house? Uh, with their name on the lease or their, or perhaps one day buy their own home. Um, and then they control the front door. They control the key. They control what goes on because it's their house. And it was called supported living. And I got involved with that in the early days of that service in the state of Florida, uh, helped to develop the handbook and guidebooks for that. And that just kind of led to uh, me becoming an agency administrator. And 18 years ago, came over here to, to Lark to be the executive director of this agency and love it. So instead of trying to change the people, changing the environment around the people so that they can use what they have yes. to thrive right. and succeed and put down roots. It's not seeing them as the problem. It is seeing them with, as a capacity, seeing them with their gifts and the strengths that they have to offer and let them be able to do that. When I think about the group homes that, that you've described, I also wonder how, like, how do your houses get, get furnished? Do you ever have a need for donations of household items? Is that something that people can do to yes, help? Yes, people could do that. That would be wonderful. We are responsible to furnish the homes for them. Now, in the supported living setting, because that is their home, uh, the, the individuals himself uh, come up with the money to fund their apartments. And, and so definitely donations to help them be able to do that uh, would be very beneficial and helpful to some of them. And you mentioned having church groups and other civic organizations come and help with the maintenance mm -hmm. of some of your facilities. And, and I'm assuming that they, they all need to be ADA compliant. Uh, yes. Okay. Yes. So, All of our homes have to be. So ramp building and and yes. other types of enhancements that are going to help make that home um, appropriate for people who need to get around. Right. We recently, one of our group homes, for example, recently the residents uh, kind of got together and said, we would really like that back porch screened in. So we got that done. And so that's uh, 
community groups could help with those kind of projects. You know, it's really cool that here in Tallahassee, we have so many opportunities to serve and, yes. and so many opportunities to help out. You know, one thing that I, I realized time and time again in my conversations with nonprofit organizations is that it really does take a village. You know, it's become such a cliched term, but it's true. You know, and when, when real change happens, it's often because a bunch of people cared enough yes. to do something about it. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, you know, we also have so much misinformation in our society. You know, you, you mentioned earlier about the mindset that we used to have right. about people who had developmental disabilities that we didn't understand how to, how to communicate with them and, and how to truly create those relationships. And um, so I've got a little game for us to play. I want to oh. clear the air of this misinformation. Okay. The game that I'm calling Truth or Fiction. It's easy to play. I'm going to read out a statement. You tell me whether it is truth or fiction. And to make it a little more interesting, for every answer that you get correct, I make a $10 donation to Lark. Oh, right. So... Uh. Are you ready? Yes, okay. I am ready. Here we go. Truth or fiction? The current unemployment rate for people with a developmental disability who have looked for a job at least once in the last year is 33.5%. That is true. What leads to unemployment among this population? A lot of times it is uh, fear of an employer not understanding that they can we can help them learn how to train the employee. It's not going to all be on them. We can help them with that. So there's a perception that they're on their own. If right. they hire somebody with a developmental disability, that this is this is their project and and it's just kind of, well, good luck, have fun. That's right. But that's not the case. That's not the case. Lark can come in and provide training to help make that employee's experience and, and help them be a true part of the team. Yes. Absolutely. Awesome. All right. I'm going to ring the bell because you got it right. All right. All right. Truth or fiction? Improving life for people with disabilities is for professionals. So regular people like me should just stay out of the way. That would be totally fiction. 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 Correct. That is fiction. What can people like me do to well, help? One of my heroes, uh, mentors early on in this was a man named Al Condalusi. And Al Condalusi had a statement that people are not safe because of service systems. People are safe because of people who care. Hmm. And just opening up your heart and opening up your life to someone um, just like you would anybody else, just like you would anybody else in the community. You don't have to be a professional to work with people with developmental disabilities. So if you are listening and, and your heart is opening, maybe you've had an experience with somebody that you wish you had been able to explore more. Maybe you've had a missed opportunity that you want to go back and recapture. Or maybe you just feel like, you know, I, I feel a calling to yes. this. Um, just wanting to help is the first step yes. towards being able to. So you can do it, guys. You don't have to be a professional to be helpful in our society okay question number three truth or fiction a small business that employs someone with a developmental disability could qualify for tax credits up to ten thousand dollars if they have less than one million dollars in revenue that is true 
Ding, ding, ding. <laughs> Another correct answer. Yes. So there are some real incentives for organizations to hire people with developmental disabilities. Yes, there are. There are. How can we spread the word about that? Is that something that, you know, I'm looking at this number. If you have less than a million dollars in revenue, that's a lot of small businesses. That's a lot of small businesses. So if if I'm a business owner and and I my ears just perked up because you know we are having it's all over the news can't hire anybody nobody wants to work but we also know have this population that is chronically underemployed correct who who have skills that we might not realize so small business owners this, I'm talking to you. This is an opportunity to be able to not only serve your community and the people um, in it, but to grow your business in a Absolutely. really meaningful way. Absolutely. We, we've had wonderful partnerships in Tallahassee with some large employers. Public supermarkets have been wonderful about employing people with disabilities. Tass Tallahassee Memorial Healthcare has been wonderful, but many small businesses have hired people too and developed wonderful employees with dis disabilities. All right, last question. Truth or fiction? If someone has a developmental disability, that means they have a mental illness. That is fiction, Heather. Fiction! Two totally different things. Two totally different things. How do we have that, that misperception? I mean, I know that sometimes intellectual disability can be confused for mental illness. It can. A lot of it is just not being educated and knowing the difference. Uh, we humans, sometimes we see somebody that has a difference and, and we calculate that into being something that it's not. Uh, difference does not necessarily mean deficiency. That's correct. And, you know, where we all have our strengths. I don't need to tell you all that. Everybody knows <laughs> that, you know, we all have things that we're good at. And, um, and in fact, mental illness isn't even um, something that has to hold you back right. from living to your full potential. So, um, guys, we're solving problems all over the place. Stay with us. We're going to be right back and uh, talk about how you can care enough to make a difference. Stay with us. It's Coach Healthy Heather. We'll be right back. Hey guys, it's Healthy Heather. You're listening to Heather Solves Everything. This is the show where we tap into your intrinsic strengths to solve the everyday problems of life. And I need your help. If you've got a problem that needs solving, let me know. It just might make it to the show. Go to CoachHealthyHeather.com and click on Solve My Problems. Submit your idea, send it to me, and you never know, it might end up being on an episode of Heather Solves Everything. Welcome back, everybody. You're listening to Heather Solves Everything. This is Coach Healthy Heather, and I am here today with Philip Hall. He's the CEO of Leon Advocacy Resource Center, otherwise known as LARC. And they are out in the streets helping people with developmental disabilities to live authentically full 
lives. And I have put a call to action out to you guys a few times in this show to step up and be part of the solution. This is a problem-solving show. We have a problem in our community that there are not enough resources to help everybody who needs it. And it's because not everybody is tapping into their strengths to discover how they can be part of the solution. You know, sometimes it can be overwhelming to figure out how you can help when you're not sure what your strengths are or what your skills are or whether or not you can actually do something helpful. But the truth is we all have unique strengths that can help us to be problem solvers. And I've got a catchy way to help you remember what they are. So get ready. I'm going to get coachy on you. All right, Philip, in our last segment, you shared a favorite quote with us that I really, really like. Can you tell us again what you said? Because it's the perfect lead in to what I'm about to say. Sure. People are not safe because of service systems. They are safe because of people who care. Absolutely. People who care. The first thing that I noticed when I talk to problem solvers like you, is that they all have a commitment to caring. They care enough to get up and do something. And so today we're going to use the word care to discover how we can take that curiosity and turn it into something good for the world. So C, C is going to stand for connect with your strengths. Sometimes it's hard to figure out what our strengths are, you know, but start of that process is thinking about what you're passionate about. You know, what are your deal breakers in life? You know, what are you really good at? If you're not sure, ask around. I'm sure somebody around you admires something that you do well, and they are willing to tell you about it. So ask around, what am I good at? What do I bring to the table? When you think of, of, of being helpful and asking me to help, what is it that you know I'm going to be able to do? That'll be some of the first hints to connecting with your strengths. You can also take a personality test. The DISC profile is a lot of fun. The Strength Finders quiz. The High Five test. I'm going to put links to all of these in the show notes so that you can start discovering what you are really good at and connect with your strengths. And that's going to help you get to letter A, act. Do the first easy thing. You don't have to solve the whole problem. We're not here to solve the whole problem. You just have to be part of the solution. So A stands for act. Do the first easy thing. It can be overwhelming to think about all of the things that need to be done, but you don't need to worry about that. Look for one way. Call and ask how you can help. And what is the first easy thing that I can do? It gets your foot in the door. And I guarantee that once you have that experience of, of getting involved and, and being part of the solution, you're going to discover a lot more strengths. So we've got C, connect with your strengths. We've got A, act, do the first thing. R, reach out. Reach out and to an organization that is interesting to you. There are so many 
nonprofit organizations in Tallahassee that are serving in so many different ways. I'm sure that there's something that has your attention. And so I encourage you to reach out to the organization that is interesting to you and ask how you can help. And reach out to a friend and bring them with you. Spread the word about the ways that uh, the gaps that we have that need to be filled and ways that you and your friends can be part of the solutions. C, connect with your strengths. A, act. Do the first easy thing. R, reach out. E, explore outside your comfort zone. This is a big one for me because when I volunteer for things, I do look for the first easy thing. Oh, I can donate a bag of clothes. I can donate a little bit of money. I can bring food to the food pantry and pack it up in grocery bags. Exploring outside of your comfort zone means going to the next level where they need help in a different way. And I'll bet that you're ready for that at some level. When you reach out and ask how you can help, consider asking what else. Explore outside your comfort zone to discover strengths that you didn't even know that you had. The first thing that problem solvers have in common is caring. So remember, C-A-R-E, connect with your strengths, act, reach out, and explore outside your comfort zone. Philip, would you add anything to this? Any final words to share? I just want to thank you, Heather, for having me and everyone listening. Without the support of people in the community, uh, LARC could not continue to do what it does and uh, to help people live full, everyday lives in their community. And I, I just appreciate people that care and want to be a part of that. It's been a sincere pleasure to have you Thank here today. You. I'm so excited to learn about LARC and share with everybody how we can help. We're out of time for our show today, but tune in next week on Real Talk 93.3 for a new episode of Heather Solves Everything. And check for the podcast edition of today's show on your favorite podcast app on Mondays. You can learn more about Leon Advocacy Resource Center at 850-422-0355 or visit leonarc.com. You can stay in touch with me and the show on Facebook. Just look for Coach Healthy Heather. And do you have a problem to solve? Visit coachhealthyheather.com and click on Solve My Problems to submit a show topic idea. We will get it done together. Thanks for listening, guys. I hope that something great happens for you today. I'm Healthy Heather, and I'm always here to help you solve everything. Status confirmed. This problem is solved. Well, that's it for this week, guys. We did it. We solved another problem with a little help from our friends. You can be a superhero, too. Check us out online. That's where all the information is about how you can jump in and start solving everything. Heather solves everything with a little help from everyday heroes.